0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: Welcome to Far-Fetched Fables part of the District of Wonders network featuring Tales to Terrify and Starship Sofa Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours.
2: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, this is Far Fetched Fables. Welcome to show number one hundred and eighty-three. I'm your host, Nicholas Eaton Clark, and if you've ever been trapped in Customer Service Call Center Hell, then you'll find this episode particularly relatable. The story is called Customer Service Hobgoblin, and it's by Paul S. Hardy.
3: Good afternoon. You're through to Paul R. Harvey's biography. Please listen carefully to the following options. For a humorous anecdote about his employment history, press 1. For a tedious list of his writing credits, press 2. For a heartwarming glimpse of his personal life, press 3. To listen to those options again, press... You pressed 1. Paul weathered the economic crash of 2008 by working at a call center for the London congestion charge, a fact which may seem relevant to you as you listen to the story. Unless you've ever had to pay the congestion charge, in which case you won't be listening any further because you'll have already thrown your device at the wall in a fit of You pressed 2. Paul's short stories have appeared in both the 5th and 6th editions of the Unidentified Funny Objects Anthology and will also be seen in diabolical plots in about a year or so. Unless you're on an archive binge in 2065, in which case all of this happened a long time ago and the nurse will be along with your tea in just a minute, smiling indulgently at your addiction to obsolete... You pressed 3. Paul lives in the English Midlands and lives almost entirely on home-baked cakes and Earl Grey tea. He recently survived open-heart surgery, which left him with a persistent ticking noise emanating from his chest and a rib cage held together by titanium wire. He has therefore given up any hope of passing through airport security without setting off a major...
1: Customer Service Hobgoblin by Paul R. Hardy Narrated by Rich Outfield Beep! Good morning. You're through to Robin. How may I receive your prayer? Oh, hello. My name is Bishop Agosto de Figueroa. Am I uh, speaking to God? No, sir. My name's Robin. How can I... Well, young man, I wanted to talk to God. You see, it's very important that I speak to him. Yes, of course, sir. You've come through on the Methodist line. Is that what... No, no, no. This is wrong. I am Catholic. Well, sir, it would help if you chose the Catholic line to start with, but I can con... Are you a saint? No, sir. I just work here. But if it's not a Methodist prayer, then I need to. If you're not a saint, then I don't need to talk to you. Uh, Sir, in any case, you're not going to be able to talk to God. That's not how it works. Madre de Dios, I cannot believe I am hearing this. Will you just put me through to God? Sir, I I can't do that. I used to speak to him all the time. Yes, sir. I'm. Sure you did, but... It has been like this ever since you made it a call center. You are only there to stop people talking to the Lord, are you not? That is the purpose of your employment, correct? You agree with me, yes? Sir... Let me explain this to you. I am a very busy man, and I do not have time to wait on the phone. I must, I repeat, I must make a very important prayer on behalf of my country and my president. She expects me to do this. Why do you make my job so difficult? All right, sir. I'll transfer your call. Finally. Transferring you now. Beep. The tinny background noise of the call centre came to an end as the audio file finished. So now I had to listen to the real thing instead. Hundreds of customer service representatives in every direction, all of them busy being polite to arseholes. So what do you think you did wrong there? asked St. Osberger of Coventry. Because of course I had a saint for a group leader, didn't I? She'd called me over to a desk to go through my quality scores for the week. She didn't look like she was pissed off, but her halo was glowing with righteous fury all the same. I was bound to be in trouble for something. Was it the salutation? I asked with a bright and innocent grin. It was three minutes past twelve in London, and I said good morning, didn't I? Yes, Robin, that was your first mistake. Osberger was patient. You had to give her that. What else do you expect from a saint? But that only got you marked down three per cent. Where do you think the other fifty came from? Did the call go on too long? No, you were well below the target for call time. Ah, dead air? Robin, she said, in a gently threatening tone of voice. What? I asked, with a baffled grin on my face. You know very well what you were marked down for. Do you want to tell me, or do I have to show you? I shrugged with a gormless smile. Totally blameless, me. Honest. Osberga rolled her eyes and reached for her clicky little mouse. Here's what happened when your customer was transferred. She clicked play on a second audio file. Brilliant! She'd found the other half of the call. Beep! Good afternoon. You're through to Gengoro. How may I receive your prayer? What? Who is this? Gengoro, sir, how can I help? I want to talk to God. Was there a specific God you wished to speak? God, of? the creator of all things, the Lord of hosts, the Father of Jesus Christ, our Saviour? Sir, you've come through to the Shinto line. You may have been transferred in error. Sir? Sir, are you there? There was a strangulated Brazilian epithet. Then the crash of a phone slamming into a receiver. And that was it. Beep! I couldn't help laughing. But then Osberger's halo flared up, so I swallowed the laugh and put my serious face on. All right, I said. I remember now. Do you? Really? I rolled my eyes. Well... He was a bit of a tosser, wasn't he? Some bishop visiting an embassy in London thinks he's a special snowflake. Yes, he was difficult. And
2: what was I supposed
1: to do? Take a Catholic prayer on the Methodist line? They'd mark me up for customer service, but then they'd mark me all the way back down for doing it on the wrong line. What you should have done was be firm and transfer him to someone else on the Catholic line. I know you're trained for Catholic calls, and I know it's a badly designed system, but you just have to work around it. Only you didn't do that. You played a silly little trick on him instead. That's a pattern with you, isn't it? Avoiding confrontation by playing tricks on people. Well, I'm a trickster spirit, aren't I? I'm the original Hobgoblin!' "'I can't help it! Ho, ho, ho!' "'I gave her my cheekiest grin, but she wasn't having it. "'Firstly,' she said, "'ho, ho, ho isn't your trademark any more. "'That Sinterklaus, or Santa Claus, or whatever he's calling himself, "'got hold of it years ago. "'My shoulders slumped. Did she really have to bring that up?' "'Secondly?' "'Nobody thinks of you when they think of hobgoblins. "'Not for a while now. "'Bleed and Tolkien, or or Stan Lee, or whoever. "'I can't keep track of them. "'Bloody pack of thieves. "'At least Shakespeare got it right,' I muttered. "'Oh, sure. "'The one who couldn't pronounce Poaca? "'I mean, Puck, for heaven's sake. "'It's like you wanted him to rhyme you with—' "'I smirked. Her lips went thin, and her halo flared up for a second. "'Never mind,' she said. "'The point is, you're not paid to be a trickster. "'You're paid to be a customer service representative. "'You're paid to do a job.' She sighed, as though she were a martyr to spirits like me, instead of just being a martyr. Which she was. "'Look, Robin,' she said, "'you're already on your second warning.' "'If you get scores like this again, I'll have to put you on a personal improvement plan.' "'You know what that means.' "'A pip! Oh, balls!' "'That'll be your last chance,' she said. "'If you mess that up the way you're messing up your calls, they'll fire you. "'What are you going to do for Manor then? "'You're over a thousand years old. "'You'll crumble to dust if you lose this job.' "'She was right.' "'The bastards had me over a barrel. "'I could either take their wages, or I could blow away in a stiff breeze. "'I'd been on the verge of that when I'd got the job in the first place. "'And the pay was shit, too. "'I barely made enough manna to get through the month. "'Sure, I could mess about a bit on payday, "'maybe go down to earth and have a laugh, "'curdle some milk with a look, "'do the water-to-wine thing, whatever.' but then I had to spend the rest of my wages just keeping entropy off my back. It never used to be like this. I was famous. Ask anyone. I was rolling in manor for centuries. I had Shakespeare doing my PR. I used to be somebody. Used to. Fuck. Yeah, all right then, I said with a sigh. You're actually listening this time— "'You're not just saying that so you can get out of the meeting?' She knew me too well. "'But what else was I going to say?' "'I'll do it better next time,' I said, and shrugged. "'I'll tell them they can't talk to God. "'Doesn't make any difference, anyway. "'They're not going to get their prayers answered.' She frowned. "'You don't say that to customers, do you?' "'Of course not.' "'Good.' I let my eyes loop off to the ceiling. I just tell them we only answer the absolute minimum, enough to keep people thinking they have a chance, you know, like the lottery.' Her halo spat furious sparks. "'Robin, are you going to play silly buggers, or are you going to do your job properly?' I stuffed my hands in my pockets, and tried not to pout. "'All right, all right. Keep your halo on.' "'Right.' So what do you say when Catholic clergy demand to speak to God? I sighed. I tell them all contact with the deity is mediated through a hierarchy, same way the Church is a hierarchy on earth. And if they don't like that, then they've got through to the Holy Spirit in the form of some poor bastard called Robin. OK, so you do know how to do it, she said apart from all the usual bloody swearing, of course. I couldn't tell if that was meant to be a joke, but I gave her a smile anyway. She didn't notice. She was too busy looking up at the electronic wall-board that showed how many customers were waiting. "'You'd better get back on the phones,' she said. "'The queue's piling up.' "'Yeah, great,' I said, with the requisite lack of enthusiasm, as I got to my feet. "'Just—' "'Don't piss about, OK? I don't want you to get fired. "'And I don't want to be the one who has to do it, either.' I gave her a smile and a bow. But she'd already turned back to her screen to check the monitoring software and make sure no one was dodging calls. Typical. She thought she was so bloody important because she got the group leader promotion, but she was no better than me. What did she have? A shrine looted and abandoned over a thousand years ago? a church and a school named after her, just because she was the only local saint. A little festival every now and then, to remember when she was martyred. You couldn't live off that. Not these days. You needed a proper cult to make it your own. She was trapped in the call centre just as much as I was. And then, of course, I felt sorry for her. And she had to put up with me as well. That couldn't have been fun. So— I sloped off back to my desk a few feet away, one of hundreds running up and down and rose off into the distance. They could have made this place a palace when they raised it up, but instead they saved the manor and made it look exactly like all the call centres down on earth. You know, the ones hunkering on the edges of cities, built on the poisoned soil where dark satanic mills used to stand, that kind of thing. The room was broad enough that the windows weren't sufficient to light the place, "'so we spent all day basking under cold fluorescent tubes. "'And you couldn't open the windows, either. "'You had to breathe air with all the sweetness conditioned out of it. "'Then there were the scratchy carpet tiles "'the animal spirits were always complaining about, "'the polystyrene ceiling sagging with dust, "'the workstation computers that looked like a job lot of second-hand cast-offs. "'And to top it off, we didn't even get our own desks. "'We had to hot-desk it instead.' which apparently didn't mean I could turn my desk into a nice log-fire if it pissed me off. Not that I could afford the manner to do that. Jack Green was in the chair next to me, with his vegetable head in his hands, as though he was suicidally depressed. He wasn't. It was just a comfortable way to rest his leafy head while he was listening to a never-ending complaint. On the other side of the work-station bay, Bridget scratched her wood-coloured hair as she tippy-tapped a prayer into a keyboard. She was probably rewriting it in sacred verse, just because she was bored. Next to her, Bhagat Sain wearily assured a caller that, no, he wasn't sitting in a call centre in Bangalore, and, yes, he was able to take a Christian prayer. He didn't tell them he was a Sikh saint, of course. Why confuse the poor dears?' I sighed my umpteenth sigh of the day, as I sat down next to them, plonked my headset on over my pointy ears, and fired up the god-awful software. Then I waited for it to connect to the network. Then I waited a bit more. I was about to give up and tell it was broken. But no, it hated me. After five endless seconds, it connected the way it was supposed to. I glanced back at the electronic board showing the queue. Dozens and dozens of Catholics, a handful of Orthodox, about a thousand Anglicans, hundreds of nonconformists in an endless list of denominations, Sikh, Muslim, Hindu, Jewish lines all rammed as well, although I wasn't qualified on those, not after the last time they tried to put me on a training course. Then, right at the bottom, a few sitting in other, which could have been anything from animists to Zoroastrians. The kind of thing where they don't even bother with training, because it hardly ever comes up. The kind of thing where it's cheaper just to stick a manual on the intranet. It takes about ten minutes to load, so you have to keep the customer talking while you wait to find out what the fuck you're supposed to be doing with them, for Christ's sake. Not that he would listen, sat on his golden bloody throne with half the man in the world. I pressed the Available button on the phone. It went Beep! and then a pre-recorded voice told me what line the first customer was coming in on.
5: "'Neo-pagan,'
1: I grimaced. "'What the fuck? There wasn't even a solstice. Were they taking the piss?' I tried not to sigh again, as I gave them the same salutation I gave about a hundred times a day. "'Good afternoon. You're through to Robin. How may I receive your prayer?' "'Oh, uh, hello,' said a woman with an eager, quivering voice.
5: "'Is this the pagan line?'
1: I ask you, was it too much for these idiots to know what button they pressed? "'It's actually the neo-pagan line you've come to,' I said. "'I'm afraid there isn't a pagan line as such.' "'Because, of course, there wasn't. "'All the pagans died out, thanks to the likes of Osberger. "'With any luck, the customer would take the hint and piss off.' "'I wasn't in the mood to listen to her wittering on "'about whatever bullshit she'd read on some wicker website. "'But, of course, she just went right on.
5: "'Oh, oh, no, you'll do. "'I mean, it's all an expression of the same metaphysical spirit, isn't it?'
1: "'She giggled. "'I resisted the urge to reach down the line and chuck her phone in a lake. "'Did I have enough manner for that? "'Ugh, never mind. "'Yes, in principle,' I said. Which metaphysical spirit did you want to direct your prayer towards, exactly? Or was it a more general sort of thing?
5: Oh, no, I'm very specific about who I want.
1: Okay, I said, pulling up a drop-down menu of gods and spirits. So it's a prayer to...
5: Robin Goodfellow.
1: What? The? Fuck.
5: Um she said. You know him, right? He's in Shakespeare. The Puck. I mean, he's more than that. He's ancient. Of course he is. Hello? Are you there?
1: Shit. Dead air is fifteen points off if they listen to the call. I'm here, I said. I know who you mean.
5: Funny you having the same name.
1: It's a common name, I said.
5: Ooh, wouldn't it be a wonderful coincidence if you were actually him?
1: It would be quite a coincidence, yes.
5: Okay, then, she said. Let me see. I had my prayer written down in my notebook. Uh, give me a minute.
1: This couldn't be for real. One of the other tricksters had to be taking the piss. Reynard's always snickering and saying he's going to get me. But he was already on a P.I.P., "'He wouldn't dare. "'It could have been Eris. "'She's been grumpy ever since the Discordians fizzled out. "'Or Coyote, or Loki, or Legba, or Susanu. "'Although, hang on a minute. "'How would they do it? "'Making the call was easy enough. "'You just had to put on a voice, "'or, better still, trick a mortal into doing it. "'But getting through to me was pure chance. "'They wouldn't have the manner to pull off that kind of coincidence.' "'messing with fate's expensive. "'Bloody hell! "'This was for real. "'Someone was actually praying to me. "'Me! "'Not God, not Jesus, not the Holy Spirit. "'That's manna in the bank. "'Did someone down on earth start a cult or something? "'That would be... "'Well, fuck, I wouldn't need this shitty job for a start.'
5: "'There we are, all ready to
1: go,' she declared. I spun the mouse wheel down to find my own name on the list, half-surprised to find it was still there, clicked to fill the field, and clicked again to open a prayer note. "'Go ahead,' I said. "'Oh, Park,' she said, dropping her voice deeper. That was never a good sign. She wasn't some idiot standing in a chalk circle, surrounded by candles, and wasting my time, was she? "'May this telephone line be pure.' May its amplitude and frequency be true. Protect us from interference and minicab radios. Switch us not to analog channels. So mote it be. Shit. She wasn't an idiot after all. That was your basic purification of the prayer venue. A bit screwy, but it would work. Five, maybe ten percent extra on the manor scale? Something like that? She went on oh puck bless my house let my dishes be done let my laundry be the purest white let my housework be easy and swift let the silver fish swim in another sea than mine all righty she'd done her homework little domestic jobs were just what i was about when i wasn't teasing and tricking the people asking for them especially the little old ladies It was always so bloody adorable when their wrinkly prune faces lit up after they realised I'd spun all their wool while they were cleaning up the mess I'd made. Now she needed to give an offering. Come on, give me the offering. And in return I offer my thanks. Yes, yes, keep going. I offer my appreciation. I needed more than that. Come on. I offer... "'This paper plate of whipped cream piled into a mountain?' "'Bingo! Exactly right! "'I mean, it used to be a saucer of the stuff, "'back in the days before they packed it full of sugar "'and stuffed it in a spray-can, but that'd count!' "'And this four-pack of special brew to send you Mary on your way?' "'Bloody hell! Mary was exactly what I'd be! "'That was all I needed for the prayer to work, "'so I didn't take any chances.' "'I tapped in the offering and sent it off right there and then. "'It was perfect, one hell of a bonus on top of my salary, "'and I wouldn't even have to wait until the end of the month. "'Well, OK, I'd have to hang on a week for it to clear, but who cares?' "'But, Puck, I implore you not to trick me.' "'Gah! She wasn't finished. "'She wasn't going to ramble on for ages and ages, was she? "'And anyway, I wouldn't trick her for this.' well probably i opened another window to add an appendix to the prayer let us not be led astray in the night let our tires not be let down let our chairs not collapse beneath us because you sawed through one of the legs i never would well i might but only if it was hilarious "'Let us not be shocked by joy-buzzers. "'Let a door left ajar not be capped by a bucket of water. "'Let our sweets not be the foul ones that taste like Brussels sprouts.' "'This was getting a bit specific, wasn't it? "'What did she think I was, a walking joke-shop?' "'Let the piss not be taken, nor yet even the Mickey.' "'What the hell was she on?' "'and let our telephones be free of prank callers.' "'There was a faint snort of laughter in the background of the call. "'No, not this, not by a mortal—no!'
5: "'Chuckle!'
1: she cried.
5: "'You're on Chuckle FM with Sally
1: Rictus!' "'Half a dozen people guffawed down the line.' "'I was gobsmacked, open-mouthed. "'How could this happen? "'How could this happen to me?' "'She carried on. "'That's another quality prank call brought to you by Chuckle FM. "'You've been a good sport, Robin. "'Anything to add for our four million listeners on the air and online?' "'I jumped out of my chair and banged a fist on the desk. "'Do you know who I am? Do you?' I yelled. Jack and Bridget and Syene turned their heads. "'Oh!' gasped Sally. "'You're not really Robin Goodfellow, are you?' "'Bloody right I am, and I swear vengeance. "'I am going to take you down so far you'll think hell is heaven, and heaven is hell. "'You will never sleep. Do you get me? "'I'm coming for you, Sally Richter, or whatever your name is.' "'All she did was laugh louder.' I stabbed the button on the desk phone to end the call. "'What's this?' said Osberger as she came over, her halo fizzing and sparking with rage. My mouth flapped. "'Oh, crap!' "'Well?' she said. "'Have you got an explanation?' "'Fuck it. I wasn't the one in the wrong here. It was a frigging prank-caller. It's... "'Harassment is what it is.' "'Her halo crackled with righteousness. "'So that doesn't justify making threats against customers.' "'There was provocation,' I cried. "'Just listen to the call. Go on. "'She said she wanted to make a prayer to me. "'I mean, can you believe that? Me! "'And then she just took the fucking piss.' Hosberger folded her arms and raised an eyebrow. "'She made a prayer to you?' "'Yeah! You didn't submit it, did you?' "'Of course I did! Why, what was wrong with that?' She sighed, and her halo dimmed. "'What the hell? And why was everyone in the group giving me pitying looks all of a sudden?' "'What?' "'What is it?' I said. "'Oh, you poor bastard,' said Bridget. Jack shook his leafy head. Syene sighed through his beard. What? I demanded. My phone rang. What in the actual fuck? I took calls through the headset all day, but my phone never actually rang. Are you going to answer that? said Osberger. Er, uh, okay, I said. I picked up the handset. I never use the handset and tapped the flashing line button
5: "robin good fellow"
1: came a booming holy voice down the line "yes you have taken a prayer in your own name" um, "if you say so" Are you aware that pursuant to subsection A, 317, triple I of the Employee Code, a self-recorded prayer, must be fulfilled by the employee recording the prayer? Um, no. And that they will be required to do so using their own resources of manner. My eyes went wide. You mean I have to pay for it? That is correct. But, but... You will fulfill this prayer in a tangible and perceptible manner within five working days. An audit of your performance will then be conducted. Do not fail. The call ended. I looked up at osberger with pleading eyes, but all she gave me was a disgusted sneer. "'You weren't paying attention in training, were you?' Uh, uh, "'It's to stop fraud. "'So you can't trick people into praying to you when you take calls.' "'Oh, shit.' "'Yeah, now you get it. "'And I have to put you on that bloody P.I.P. as well.' "'But,' she rolled her eyes, "'what do you expect after that racket? "'Crap!' "'Now I've got to fill out the bloody paperwork.' "'Um, sorry?' "'Her halo flared again. "'Don't be sorry. "'Just get back on the phones and think about how you're going to sort that prayer out.' "'She went back to her desk. "'I looked round at the others. "'They were already taking calls. "'I slumped down into my chair. "'That was it.' I was on a P.I.P., one step away from being fired. I'd have to knuckle down and do the job properly, without taking the piss. What choice did I have? It's not like anyone else was praying to me. Plus, I had to waste more than a month's salary answering Sally Rictus's stupid prayer, just so she'd tell her mates it actually worked sometimes. I raised an eyebrow. Hang on a second... She didn't just have a few mates. She had four million listeners. Four million people she could talk to about how I'd answered her prayer. Four million people who'd listen as she told them that her dishes sparkled like starlight, her laundry glowed like the sun, and she was getting her house clean from top to bottom in five minutes flat. Not to mention the way the silverfish were lining up to do the conger on their way down the plug hole four million people who might just pick up the phone and make their own prayers. A smile crept up the side of my face. Did they describe her show as a cult programme, by any chance? "'Robin!' called Osberger. "'Stop staring at that screen and take some bloody calls, for heaven's sake!' I looked round and gave her a smirk. "'Yes, boss?' I hit the button but not for heaven's sake. Oh, no. Beep. Anglican. Good afternoon. You're through to Robin, I grinned. How may I receive your prayer?
2: Paul's story was read by the inimitable Rish Outfield. Rish is a writer, voice actor, and audiobook narrator. He can be heard co-hosting the Doonstief Audio Fiction magazine and That Gets My Goat podcasts, where he and Big Anklevich entertainingly waste much of their time. He also features his own stories on the Rish Outcast podcast. He once got a job because of his Sean Connery impersonation, but has lost two due to his Samuel L. Jackson impression. Our operator is Fran Karras, Fran is whatever she decides to be when she wakes up each morning. She's also been known to be a voice talent, performance artist and poet, and professional dabbler in other arts that express. You can find her online at missfran.com. While we've been enjoying the respite that a bi-weekly schedule has afforded us, we miss being able to bring these stories to you on a weekly basis. We want to return to that, and to do so, we need your support – To that end, please consider making a donation via our Patreon page. As always, if you'd like to share your thoughts on this or any of our stories, you can leave your comments on the Triple F website, our Facebook page, or on Twitter. We love hearing from you, our listeners, and we want to know your thoughts on our content. Do please leave us a review on iTunes, Acast, and other podcatchers. My editor, Gary Dowell, and our audio engineer extraordinaire, Mark Sanfaudino, also would like you to remember that Far-Fetched Fables operates under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives 4.0 international license, which means you can download the content and share it all you like, but don't change it or sell it. And please be sure to give credit where that credit is due. All other copyright remains that of the author's and violators will spend eternity listening to Muzak while on hold for the next available operator. I'm going to go off and avoid having to record one of those systems today. I'll see you all in two weeks' time. Bye now.
0: This presentation has been brought to you by The District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about The District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website